So today I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Twitch, actually. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's this live streaming uh, site owned by Amazon. And I think it has, you know, millions and millions of users uh, using it. And recently it was announced and then they verified that they had a data breach. And it's funny because I feel like we have been using the term data breach for a long time, but it has truly escalated. I mean, just because, you know, data breaches used to mean, or in some ways, in some, sometimes it's like a small hack and like, uh, sort of remedied very quickly, but now it's like wholesale robbery. Uh, and that's almost what it seems like has happened to Twitch. Because what happened with Twitch is basically someone accessed their sort of servers or information, and then they leaked all of their source code, um, which is like the code that the platform is built on. It leaked all the information about like the top creatives, um, their payouts on the platform, um, and it also leaked one of uh, proprietary SDKs and then also information about an unreleased product that they were working on. Wow. So, you know, we work in technology. We're working in a, a startup where we're developing sort of our own uh, open source uh, code, but also proprietary information. And looking at this, I mean, it's just horrifying to see yeah. just like all of this just like publicized. And I don't know how Twitch is sort of like planning on, you know, remedying this crisis, but I know that even, you know, if they're working on a product and then all of that was released and it's not finished that product. And it was supposed to be, I think, a, a competitor to a game store that already existed. I mean, that just, that just flushed down the drain, a ton of work that people were, were, were doing. Um, and undermines the company in a big way. So sort of Twitch was on my mind um, and it made me think a lot about data breaches and how people are sort of remedying these, what we're seeing is more and more sort of like high stakes data breaches because we, we, we're seeing it in Twitch. And then not that long ago, there was a massive scandal even in the US government where mm -hmm. you know we had several agencies that were hacked into and it was, basically a national security threat. So I was doing a little bit of research into sort of like what companies are doing as far as like cybersecurity, how are we kind of remedying these data breaches? Because I feel like they're becoming more and more part of our reality as, as more information and more sensitive information is online. And one thing that I found was a lot of these companies that have become pretty successful are using artificial intelligence and machine learning to to detect anomalies and sort of identify these breaches early on to better mitigate the damage. Um, yeah, so I'll pause there for. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's I, I've obviously seen it as well. And like, it is hugely damaging to a company's reputation, right? If nothing else, but obviously to your point, there's a lot of actual value that sometimes gets stolen and lost and, 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 um, it does strike me, you know, as I was uh, uh, looking what you shared about on this topic, like it does strike me as a space where machine learning would have a lot to add. You know, it's uh, it seems like it's it's 
it is both uh, uh, ripe for the moment because of how much more of this kind of uh, hacking and breaching seems to be happening. And then also um, for ways that I'm sure you'll talk about that, like, it seems like kind of like in a lot of ways, well suited to the kinds of strengths that machine learning bears when trying to solve a problem. Yeah, definitely. And I was actually talking to one of our data scientists about this earlier. And I think that machine learning and artificial intelligence are, are so useful in this arena because we have so much data with which to weed through, but also we have so much varied data, different types of data. You know, it's not just looking at like a graph and seeing if there's like a little anomaly. It's like you have login information, you have geo geographic data, you have like time data, you have a ton of different stuff. And so for like you to build a rule-based system that basically like sorts through all that information and identifies anomalies, it's really difficult. But one thing that machine learning and artificial intelligence is really useful for in this arena is that it can learn from all that data about what is normal inside your, your ecosystem. And then when something abnormal happens, it can, it can recognize that and sort of recognize with a, with a varied likelihood, like this is likely to be, to be risky or this is less likely to be risky. And then given that information or that conclusion, you can sort of decide what to do. Okay, this isn't, this is a little bit abnormal, but not extremely ab abnormal. So maybe we'll take sort of like our first step of security. Maybe we won't just like completely shut the person out of our site. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And one of the, one of the companies that um, is already using machine learning um, in their service is called Dark Trace. And it's a company that's using AI to, to identify cyber threats as early as possible. And it was started in 2013 um, by mathematicians and cyber defense experts. And they have recognized themselves as world leaders in self-learning AI. Um, but they have been highly acclaimed for their work. Um, and I think that they kind of reflect this moving trend towards relying on AI and machine learning for cybersecurity. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, when I imagine exactly as you say, like when I imagine all of the inputs that someone would have to consider in order to detect an anomaly, um, it's, it, it, it's so overwhelming to imagine with the complexity of systems that exist today that you could possibly sort of pre-plan and therefore pre-program every conceivable indicator that there's something wrong, especially because what makes cybersecurity like different than physical security is, is how quickly and how, how never ending the evolution of the capacity is, right? It's like, if you put up a fence around a building, there's like not this ever changing way to get through or over or under the fence. There's like only so many ways to cut the fence. There's only so many places to jump over the fence. There's only so many places to dig a hole under the fence, right? Like there's, yeah. there's just like only so many fields of vision you have to be, and, and so many realities you have to prepare for. And yeah. so you can imagine programming, you know, in air quotes, a security measure for that fence that does more or less capture what is like the full scope of things you think could ever happen. Like, 
cameras pointed at it. So you have eyes on in case someone is doing something, you know, motion sensors attached to it in case it seems like someone's trying to disrupt the fence, like something in the ground that is able to detect. And, you know, that if there's any sort of vibrations that would suggest movement, I mean, you can imagine all of those things and you can set up defenses. And I think in the cybersecurity realm, like what is becoming clear is that there are just limitations on that, right? So like you have those defenses that are pre-programmed and pre-planned in vulnerable areas, but then there's all these other things that could happen that you're just having no, you know, you have no conception of. Um, and so being able to like, again, going back to my silly analogy, if like all of a sudden someone had the technology to teleport themselves from outside the fence to inside the fence, like if you didn't pre-plan for that reality, then you don't necessarily have a system that's going to notice that that happened. But if you have a system that instead is just conceived, is just consuming every piece of data you have on the entire compound and is looking at every, every, you know, piece of event data and, and, and audio and visual and whatever it is, logins and all that stuff, then yeah, exactly as you said, like the ability to notice that something is out of the ordinary and maybe significantly out of the ordinary or just mildly out of the ordinary, like you, you can see instantly why that would be very, very valuable. Yeah. And I think one thing that we've talked about before is that there's sort of like a sweet spot with artificial intelligence and human interaction where artificial intelligence can help you identify things like a, a data breach early on so that you can bring human intervention into the problem early enough to mitigate the damage. And one um, quote that I found from the one of the directors, he's the director of strategic threat at Darktrace, which is the company I mentioned earlier. He says that AI is able to understand something uh, is occurring and identify responses that could occur to disrupt it in seconds, providing the security team, so like the human half of the system, more time to actually become better informed about what's happening. And so I think that that's really useful as we imagine kind of this world where we're using artificial intelligence in collaboration with human intervention. Totally. And like, we talk a lot about scale, right? And so like cybersecurity, you know, is everyone's business now, whether you're small scale or large scale, but increasingly like, you know, a company is global before it knows it. And, and by that, I mean, like, you know, if you have any sort of online presence, you can easily, you know, become, uh, like the threats can come from everywhere, the, 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 the interactions, the transactions, whatever it is that you're conducting online could happen anywhere at enormous scale. And so what that both provides like a lot of data for a machine learning solution to be combing through and understanding what's normal and to start to discern what's not normal. And it also is a huge liability from the perspective of if you're trying to use just humans to monitor it all, you know, obviously that's, that's, not uh, feasible, but if the human in the loop element is uh, able to be directed only where there are obvious problems or potential problems, uh, yeah, it's just a much better allocation of your human resources at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had one more thing to add, uh, but I guess I was just thinking about like, I guess one challenge with machine learning and artificial intelligence in this arena is that like, it's learning a lot from like historical data. So I think one challenge that even humans have is sort of recognizing these new and innovative ways that people are attacking other companies and other people online. 
But I guess it also speaks to the benefit of machine learning to just being able to, t- to detect these small changes that sometimes I think maybe a human might see and say, okay, this is really small. I don't think it's a big deal, but maybe given the information that a machine learning model has, it's able to identify that early, early on. Yeah. And also, I mean, we've, it's something that comes up a lot. I know in conversations you and I have with, with practitioners of uh, people who use machine learning in various contexts in businesses and in, in enterprise that the, um, that there's like a real question about how you make sure that models are sort of up to date. And it's like, a bigger conversation than I'm sure we'll have today, but it's probably one worth returning to in the near future because it, it, it's 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 it, it is a real question about like how up to date your model is, how up to date your machine learning is to actually understand the sort of the state of things today. Yeah. Um, because as you just rightly pointed out, like things can change pretty dramatically. And you also definitely don't want a system that is just so out of touch with current reality that it is inadvertently considering things anomalies when they are actually not necessarily so anomalous or considering things problems when they're not such problems. And again, it's not something we've talked about as much in depth in these conversations, but it's something we probably should, that one of the major challenges that faces every, you know, that faces so many of the companies that we talk about when they're talking about how they're adding machine learning solutions is like, they have to spend a lot of time and energy costs. They build whole teams. They often contract out outside resources. And it is no small task to try and build a machine learning solution. Unfortunately, today, there's, that's just the reality for so many companies that it is this huge burden. And so all too often, we hear the story of like, even the companies that are able to make that investment, cross the finish line, put a solution into production, see the value back from that, it's like, that's it. Then the hands are wiped of it. And like, it could be years, if not decades before anyone bothers to go back and look and see if that, if that model is still working the way it was, it was designed to, and it still has a good understanding of the way the world looks today, as opposed to the way it looked when it was first designed. And like, that's, you know, until we can get sort of the process of building these models and putting them into production, as soon as we, as, until we can get that down, uh, that cost down, that time down, um, I think it will, you'll, you'll see companies, you know, not necessarily be so excited about investing in sort of revisiting uh, projects they've done. So a little bit of a tangent, but I think it, it relates to the comment you made. It's like, yeah, if, if these, in order for this to work, it has to actually know what normal looks like in order to know what normal looks like. It has to have enough of like an ongoing familiarity with the functioning of, of the business. So, but very, very interesting. Yeah. And I think, one thing I'm glad that you mentioned is sort of the reputation piece of a company. Obviously, when a company gets hacked or there's a data breach, it does a lot of damage to their reputation because for a lot of these sort of free tools that we're using, there is this implicit bargain that we, we or this implicit inter- contract that we enter into where it's like, we're willing to give you our data if you give us access to the product for free, but also you have to keep our data safe and you yeah. cannot, you can't just you have to keep it safe. And that's something that's incredibly important to people. And, um, you know, one thing that I think people are trying to verify with this whole Twitch breach is whether passwords were, were shared and publicized. And that's something that's very risky because it's a major issue with cybersecurity is honestly where humans get involved because like 
there's a big weakness still in password security. People are using the same passwords again and again, or they're using passwords that are, you know, words and numbers like birthdays and stuff. So when you have a data breach that includes people's passwords for people who use the same password in many different areas, that can really be catastrophic. Um, but yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um, clearly a topic that I think is you rightly point out, we will hear a lot more about because this unfortunately is not going away. But yeah, yeah I think the the best bet it seems to combat such an ever changing and ever growing threat is to use technology that is not stagnant. And machine learning is, you know, sort of definitionally a, a much more flexible kind of defense mechanism than I think sort of sort of hard programmed rules based system. So it makes a lot of sense to me that there's such growth there and, and I'm sure we'll see a lot more of it in the near future. Yeah. Well, great. Have a good rest of the day, Andrew. Thank you. You too, Lily. All right. Bye.